My name is Michael Connard. I am the founder and CEO of Beesla Silver. Uh, Beesla Silver is traded on the TSXB and the NYSE under the ticker VZLA. And we have a vision of building a very large single asset silver primary producer with our Panuco project in Sinaloa, Mexico. Michael, really good to see you again. It's been six months since I last spoke to you. It's been about four months since you spoke to Crux. Um, quite a lot has happened since then. Uh, do you want to just, uh, you also recently put out an outlook for 2023, which covered some of the main highlights from 2022. So could you just start by kind of giving us kind of a state of the nation of where you are as a company, what you've got to, uh, you know, what you've done so far? Well, it's uh, it's been a thrilling year for us so far since we we doubled our resource basically in in january and um uh that's actually created a, a heck of an opportunity for investors i believe too because the share price stayed generally the same so <laughs> we've uh, we've doubled the, the the value of our asset in a sense uh and increased the grade of the resource and um and, and you can still buy it for um you know what i consider to be a very very um attractive uh, entry level here i just bought some stock the other day um, but Vizla is, uh, you know, is very actively, very aggressively looking to expand this resource that we have here currently, which we announced in, in January, and um, you know, make new discoveries. And, and one of the things that we're we're very excited about is the uh, the potential discoveries nearby uh, Copala, Napoleon, Tijitos, what we refer to as our center of mass. And I think what would be good, worthwhile is for us to talk about. You know what we're seeing in terms of um, this resource area, and how it feeds into our own internal scoping studies, and and what we're seeing, you know, for the development of the project. But uh, it's really clear to us that uh, the western portion of the district here is is critical for um, you know the development of our our mine, and um, you know this will be the focus for us going forward. But I, you know, I'd like viewers to know that looks like we're we're having some very exciting. Um, potential success with with drilling uh, near our resource area, the at the Copala, um, specifically the Copala area. So, so just just to put things kind of in context, you put out your first resource, uh, your maiden resource was published, I think, in March last year, um, and then you you did another hundred and twenty thousand meters of drilling, more or less. You had nine rigs running for much of last year, and you you have just published a new resource. And you've taken your um, You've taken your kind of your. Can you just run me by the kind of the the, the global numbers, the in, the indicated and the inferred, and you've taken the grade up as well. Can you just give, give me that the summary of those of that new of the new resource, please? Well, it's essentially two hundred and nineteen million ounces of of silver equivalent. Um, you know, the grade is is uh, approaching that half kilo mark now on on a global uh, basis. But um, really, what's what's exciting is the uh, Copala area and the growth we're seeing at the Copala area, which now has about 51 million ounces of um, of indicated, 55 million ounces of inferred. Uh, the average grade of Copala is well over 500 uh, grams. Um, in the inferred category, it's higher than 600 grams silver equivalent. But um, you know, the crazy thing about Copala is that it's it's 10 meters thick. It's it's a very thick structure uh, at grades that are are spectacular and and you know two three times that the average grade of an underground mine in Mexico with the a thickness that's five times the average grade of uh, average thickness of an underground mine in Mexico, and it's it's relatively flat lying, isn't it? It's uh, compared to the other with sub vertical Napoleon and um, uh, 
Kapala's kind of if it, from what it looks like on 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 plan and section, it seems to be um, more gently. Dipping. It, it is gently dipping. It starts out uh, at about thirty five degrees, um, and for goes for about two hundred meters, and has a flexure point about two hundred meters down dip, and at which point it actually goes to about steepens up to about fifty five degrees and angle there. So on average, um, you know, this is more or less a, a forty five degree uh, average dip between. Uh, you know the first section and the and the deeper section, uh, but it basically starts from from surface, so it's uh, it's really quite interesting. And Kapala is open. Uh, I've just on on your presentation or your news release, I can't remember where I saw it, but it got open north to north to south and down dip. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, we've ex- we've stepped out about another uh, 150 meters, uh, so over 10 percent growth to the south now. Uh, to the north, you know, it's open as well, but there's, uh, uh, you know, a community area that um, we would basically step over. We wouldn't, wouldn't be drilling in the community, but uh, to the south of uh, uh, of the known resource area, it's wide open and certainly uh, down dip as well. And then one of the, the most exciting things that we've, we've uh, encountered recently is the potential for there to be an uplifted block of Copala to the east. Um, where some early drilling has, has shown indications that that might be um, uh, be possible, and there may be the uh, the potential for for perhaps another Copala to the east uh, east of, of the existing deposit. What 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 understanding do you have about the size of that and the the thickness of it? I mean, is it, does it look like a repeat of Copala? Um, how many meters do you have? Have you got defined along along strike of it? Um, just kind of um, more info, please. Well, we we don't uh, have the strike information yet. Uh, we we've essentially put one uh, hole into it, and um, you know it'll take us some time, I think, to to complete the the six or seven other holes that we'd like to do on it. And and until that time, I don't think we can really speculate on on uh, strike. But other than to say, um, you know, if it if it's chunk of copala that's been you know faulted off and and brought closer to surface. Um, then you know it should be, I would imagine, a kilometer in strike if it's if it's you know it's equal to um, to what we have at Copala and, and and most likely a lot longer. So um, you know I think the probably the the upside potential here is that we find something that's um, the equivalent to what we already see here at Copala, which you know is is half of our resource. It's 106 million ounces of silver equivalent um, between indicated and inferred at Copala. I think there's the potential for that to be a repeat of that. And it's also possible that, you know, it could be bigger, but it also could be smaller. We just don't know. Um, but I do know I, I do know that there are, other, there are other flatter line, thick structures like Copala in the district. And so I'm, I'm, I will not be surprised when we find um, another Copala-like structure that's, that's thick and, and high grade. So, um, you know, this is all just part of the the work that we have to do to 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 find full value here in this district. Do you um, is, is there a lot of kind of grade variability as you go along strike at Kapala? I mean, what do you have to drill it at twenty meter centers or forty meter centers or fifty? Roughly, do you know kind of what the line spacing is at Kapala? Well, the variability we've actually been quite impressed by um, the consistency of the grade uh, throughout. Of course, we have these these very high grade. Um, plugs or, or zones that we've, we've intercepted in, in uh, you know, broader 
lower grade, or I shouldn't say lower grade, but broader, broader, medium grade uh, intersects. Like, you know, our first hole into Copala um, further to the north was about 82 meters, I believe, of um, over 200 grams silver equivalent. But in that, we had up to seven kilo silver equivalent in it. So that's kind of the, the variation that you see um, in some cases. But on, but you know, essentially, you know, despite those high grade um, phases in, in the mineralization, you know, it is relatively consistent, um, you know, removing those. So uh, what we will do is I believe we'll, you know, to, to get to reserve status, it would be probably closer to uh, 20 meter spacing. Uh, and this is something that we're, we are going back and forth with uh, right now with our, not only our, our resource um, consultants, and, and we have a, you know, an incredible team even in-house. Uh, uh, Steve Mansell, our senior resource geologist, is, is doing a great job and um internally and uh but we also work with with osanko and uh you know other other um consultants just basically to understand what we're going to need to do to to increase the confidence of uh of that copala resource area and and do some in-depth mine planning a lot of that's already started um you know we're getting in, in your outlook you talk about de-risking uh through technical studies and and infill drilling you also talk about uh extension drilling and, and more exploration uh you've you let, let's let's just start with the with with the de-risking and uh you've got seven rigs i believe on site and so um how many rigs do you think roughly will kind of or, or rather what's your split of efforts or budget between kind of de-risking understanding the uh, increasing your drill hole spacing in in your already defined envelope and doing technical studies well to you know to us de-risking Absolutely includes that infill drilling, uh, and, and we're looking to do about fifteen percent infill drilling of of the you know call it ninety thousand meters of of exploration uh, drilling that we're doing this year. Uh, I should say, sorry, of, of the of the ninety thousand meters of total drilling that we're doing this year, um, and then so that leaves eighty five percent for exploration, and and uh, we we you know we we do include near resource uh, expansionary drilling as part of exploration, you know. Um, but let's say infill drilling is within the resource areas, you know, as we've defined. Um, and, and that's because, you know, first of all, 15% is, is um, you know, it's a reasonable amount of drilling. I think it's it's going to add value. But we, we also want to be very clear that, you know, this isn't an immature exploration story. This is a really um, immature exploration district. You know, we, we haven't even fully completed the... Uh, uh, the geological map yet, and that's something that's kind of you know exploration 101 really. And it's not, of course, because we're lazy. It's just because this this district is very big, um, and we're working on it full time. But that that gives you an example of just you know how much work there is left to do. And and so you know with with our 90,000 meters this year, it's it's going to be very exciting because you know our uh, bulk of those meters will be drilled. You know, it's something that can actually create a lot of value for the company, which is which is growing a resource area and finding new high grade centers. It's also um, one has to be careful about the the curse of that of putting out your resource and 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 uh, limiting growth. You know, that's the it's the old the life cycle of a of a resource or a development asset. The Lassonde curve is that uh, the market thinks, oh, they stopped growing. Now they've got five years of technical studies. Whereas if you can continue to show exploration growth, you can continue to kind of prove up value in your district play or your regional play. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that we're 
we're of course cognizant of is, is you know, we know that there's there's a challenge that the company can can uh, can have once I just <laughs> well certainly once you found everything and then you have to go into you know dilutive financing in order to uh, um, you know to build a mine and that's something that I think is is unique about Visla in the sense that we don't have that same issue because you know we've only explored the resource sits on less than ten percent of the total vein strike that we have in in the district you know there's no way that in the next two or three years we're going to test. Uh, all of our targets here, and it's probably unlikely that we'll test, uh, you know, a, a meaningful amount of the the targets that we have, just because there are so many, and we keep finding new ones. Um, so this is the type of story that is going to, I believe, it's going to have a low capex, so that, um, you know, the threat of a big big financing is isn't as, you know, as, as troublesome uh, to our company as it would to be to others. But it's also going to be one of these companies that has the potential to continue to to grow through exploration um, all throughout any type of uh, construction or even production phase. It's, it's totally unique in that sense and that I, I, I really don't believe that we're going to be finding uh, everything there is to find here in the next 5, 10, even 20 years. I, uh, it, it's nice, isn't it? When you could, you, the, the Kapala really s- strikes me as an asset which can be brought in, into production. It's, your, it, it's an ideal starter asset, but you've got the, you've got the runway of the regional play. Um, but just on the expiration that you've got this year, the, the 85% of your 90,000 meter target that you're going to be um, drilling this year, have you got a, have you got a kind of a method on how you're going to be reporting? Are you going to, is it going to be on a kind of a, um, a strict quarterly basis or every two months? Uh, or is it going to be a little bit more responsive to if you get some good news? Uh, it's absolutely responsive, and and you know we I actually saw a, a chart last year. Uh, uh, sorry, I saw a chart on Twitter about last year, and um, you know companies that put news out is and the companies that put the most amount of news releases out, and we were number one. <laughs> so we're we're uh, constantly putting out drill releases, um, updates to the market, and and that's really important to me because you know as a shareholder. Of, of these companies myself or, you know, as, as a participant in this market, uh, I know that news is, is the lifeblood of these companies. And so um, I think it's extremely important for us to keep our, our shareholders in the market up to date on what's happening. And, and, and so we'll do that. I think I'm hoping it's every two weeks, but it may be every two weeks to a month if, if things slow down. Uh, at a, but we have, you know, we'll have... Uh, News coming from Copenhagen from Dinfield drilling. It's going to have you know nice nice hits that we'll be able to put out. I'm sure um, we'll have expansion drilling at Copala. We'll have uh, potential information around uh, the possibility of a new discovery to the east at uh, at the uplifted block, and um, you know slash our hunt for other Copalas in the district. We'll have news on La Luisa where we we appear to have made a discovery. We'll have news on Cuatro de Mayo. Which looks to be coming together quite net well. Uh, Napoleon, you know, some of the drilling that we're doing in the center at the Animus vein, um, you know, we'll have some information there. And then, gosh, we'll have we'll have lots of information on, you know, just project updates as we uh, as we continue to de-risk through our environmental studies. You know, we're going to do um, environmental baseline and and um, ESG um, summaries and and uh, and documentation that we'll put out later this year. Um, you know, there's just so so many catalysts and so many uh, pieces of news that we'll we'll be putting out this year. But uh, 
it uh, it's definitely not quarterly. Um, it's it's going to be more frequent. And than that. Um, talking about catalysts, you know, you you mentioned that your share price has kind of flatlined uh, for the last six months. Um, 2022 was a horrible year for the resources sector. It was a horrible year for exploration and development companies. Um, and lots of companies would be delighted to say that their share price is the same as it was six months ago because many are much, much lower than they were. Um, what, what do you think are the the catalysts? I mean, you talk about... The kind of, uh, you're going to be giving... Um, regular news flow like let's say you manage to put out a news release every three weeks what do you think it's going to take for the market to say actually this is really going places and for the for the share price to move significantly well you know i, I should say that you know we've we seem to be coming back off of uh a recent lows here you know certainly trading above the financing price which is a strong indication and and kind of churning through a lot of a lot of volume and, and breaking into the 170s so i i think naturally share price is going to re-rate and i i like to think that we're going to be over two dollars here relatively soon and, and and making our ways to all-time highs in in the near term but what i think is going to drive that there's there's the stuff that we can control and there's the stuff that we can't control what we can't control, which I think will probably influence this, is you know strength in the in the uh, the precious metals. Uh, when we saw that, you know, a few weeks ago, we saw Visla on the back of good news uh, nearly break through two dollars, and 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 virtually we did our you know we have to do the financing and uh, and that um, saw the share price come off a little bit. But now we're in a position where we'll have we have over sixty million dollars in the bank. Um, we have a resource update coming in the second half of this year. Uh, following that, we'll have uh, a PEA at some point when it makes sense for us. Um, so, you know, we're, we have some major, major catalysts coming. And, um, you know, every day I, I, our per EV per ounce metric, it, it almost gets cheaper because we're finding new silver basically every day as we drill. Um, so eventually... You know, the market's going to wake up to this. Um, but this happens sometimes, and this is actually exactly when people make money in this in this business. It's when he, they're buying these stocks when they're not in high demand. And you can you could sit there and you can build a big position on something that you know is is mathematically, you know it's cheap compared to its, uh, its comparables. And, you know, you have reasonable confidence that, that uh, there's going to be the success that the company talks about. So... These are the opportunities. I, I like I said, I just bought another twenty thousand dollars worth of stock in the market the other day. Um, you'll see that our our insiders have always been net buyers. Craig, our, our chairman, has uh, bought a ton of stock at twice its price. <laughs> so we're we're we you know we we eat our own cooking, and um, we uh, we think this is very cheap. But of course, you know we're, we have a view. Um, and our vision is to become one of the world's largest uh, single asset silver producers here. And, you know, I can tell you from, from what we've looked at in our uh, internally in our own models, you know, I think we're, we're quite comfortable with our, our baseline um, production profile, which we've always talked about is 12 million ounces. That's, uh, that's um, in line with what San Dimas does, which is nearby to us. And, our project is kind of similar to a, a San Dimas of 200 years ago, uh, you know, one that's that that hasn't been consistently mined for for many many years. Um, and so we look at this as as a long term uh, business plan, and 
I, I absolutely think that Beasley is going to be a, a multi multi dollar stock in in the near term, but I think it could be a you know a major uh, player in the silver industry um, you know in the future, just even on our Panuco district alone. So you know we're I try not to look at the the share price vary, variations day to day because I know that the you know the big goal and the vision is is so much bigger and. I know all of our shareholders will be re- rewarded, um, you know, in due time. So. Um, thank you. Uh, you've got, um, I, I think, forty-five percent of your shareholder register is, is institutional. Um, did, did that mostly come in through the through, through the placings, through the financings? Have you, or has there been any uh, conversation about an institution buying on the open market and building position? We we definitely have uh, institutions buying on on the open market. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be ones that have bought a portion of their position of what they'd like to own during a placement and, um, you know, f- basically continue to to add to their position on the market. There's a, a very strong group of institutions that are behind the story right now. There's also a, um, a high net worth uh, broker that, uh, that's been consistently buying stock, um, you know, for his, for his accounts and for himself. Um, so... We have a you know a very good number of groups on the market buying, um, but this is really the moment. Recently, this recent financing has seen us really go now from a more retail-driven story to an institutional story. So that that move has just happened in the last month or so. And is there a uh, a, a, a change in volumes? Um, you know, have you really picked up? I mean, you, you meant you, you referred to volume, so I mean, a little bit more detail on that, please. You know, our our average volume has probably gone up by about twenty thirty percent. Um, since certainly since the fall of, of last year, which I think marked kind of the summer fall, really marked the bottom of the uh, the industry for uh, in terms of volumes, uh, it, was, it was pretty dead. Um, but I think our, our volumes have gone up from there. Uh, they're probably in line with with some of our our top volume uh, back when uh, you know things were a little bit hotter back in 2010. Or sorry, 2001. Uh, but still, so slowly uh, gathering. Uh, steam and and our our NICE listing volume has increased as well too from from what I can tell so we're starting to see that uh, kind of transition from Canadian dominated trading to you know more on the NICE and I think eventually it's probably will will coincide with with higher share prices is um, you know Beasley's uh, primary trading being done on the New York, New York Stock um, Exchange. Sorry, and, forgive and, my and ignorance. If, Have you got a um a a proper listing there or an OTC listing? We do have a, a, a full listing on the, uh, the okay. NICE. Yeah, I can imagine that uh, taking a bit of a grip, and um, particularly with um, as, as you go kind of more towards the development assets. Um, just changing subject completely, going to uh, something that comes up in your, in your um, outlook for 2023. You talk about a discussion with eight communities and trying to kind of get a 30-year... Uh, access or kind of a community engagement plan written down can you kind of talk to me about um those eight communities and and the philosophy behind it and how you're approaching that well um you know i've uh i've been very impressed by by our team here um you know in the uh in the in our in our district because we have five of you notes that are that are a part of this um uh district and you know although they were long-term mining communities um you know the companies didn't have when we started off we we didn't have uh long-term 
basically production agreements with these Aguitos. So over the last couple of years, we've we've now entered into uh, four of these these agreements with the uh, the Aguitos, and so all the areas that are affected by our resource or all the areas that our resources are are within are now under 30-year operating agreements with the four four primary groups, and we expect the final one to be signed Sorry, what, relatively soon. What's, what's the word you use? Ejito. Ejito, Ejito, which is the, the landowner group, basically. It's not an indigenous group. It's uh, it's it's um, essentially the group of, of landowners in the area. And are they operating small-scale kind of underground mines themselves? Is, is this artisanal mining? They were, um, and now most of them, 70% of our, our team uh, comes from the local communities, so about 100 people from the local communities uh, work for us. So, so they they've gone from small scale artisanal mining to to you know being driller helpers or geology helpers or geologists even training for 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 becoming geologists uh, things like that. Um, but traditionally, this has been a a long term. Uh, it's not artisanal. Artisanal is not not necessarily the right word for. Although we often use that word, you know they. It was organized mining, uh, certainly, and, and skilled mining, but just not done on a small scale. scale. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, when I first got down to this project in, in early 2019 uh, versus where we are now with, um, you know, the communities, you know, it's been a wonderful transition where, you know, you can see the, the improvement to, the, to these communities that, uh, you know, relative affluence, I suppose, Maybe that's not the right word either, but uh, the relative, uh, you know, standard of living increase uh, is totally noticeable, and, and you know, something that I'm very proud of is to see how how this community has uh, benefited from from our uh, presence and, and, and investment. So, in can it. you um, shed a bit more light on the 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 split between the the land the the landowners or the kind of the owners of the mining rights and the local communities that that, that live there? Um, you know, were some of those landowners not from the local community, um, and um, you, you, are you talking about uh, a few families that owned kind of a few veins, or is there a community that used to work in those hills there? You know, how, how does it work? So the Hito are, you know, Hitos are everywhere in Mexico. Uh, you know, they they basically, you know, even if you were to build a, you know, Walmart um, factory or Walmart uh Story, you know, you'd have to consult and deal with with the heroes and, and cut and make a deal with them. So, um, mostly they're they're comprised of people that live in the communities, but you know, sometimes people move away, and you know, they're they still have you know some sort of representation throughout the uh, uh, through the you know. So it actually is kind of a challenging uh, you know task to to, to go and and uh, have you. You know, do these deals with the Hitos, which is what makes the work that Antonio and Hernando, our, our team in Mexico, have done so impressive. Is that it's 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 certainly not an easy task. Um, and you know, so so these would be you know landowners, uh, farmers, miners, really a mix of people uh, that that live or have land in the the areas that are around our properties. So you know, of course. This is some, you know, this spreads across the whole district. There's five of them in total. We have deals with with the four and the you know, the fifth that we don't have the um, operating agreement with. We have a, a long term production agreement with. So we, you know, we have agreements we place with the, those those ajitos. Um, you know, the 
if the ground would essentially be residential in some cases, small um, kind of simple houses, uh, farms where they grow a bit of corn. There's not there's not a really a, a major uh, agricultural industry in this in this area. It's really mining, um, and and so that's really the the breakdown there of the hitos. This is all part of the the kind of the, the, the preparation, and presumably, if you're starting to employ them on a more subs, uh, and a more sustainable basis, and they've got more sustainable and stable income, this is what you're talking about the the small changes that you've seen in the last uh, three or four years there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, probably the most important thing, though, aside from you know monetary or or income, is that you know mining is a, a dangerous business if it's done informally, especially underground mining. Uh, and, um, you know, we, we've actually just passed a million LTI hours free, uh, a million hours free of uh, long-term loss of time incidents. Um, so we have a, a safety track record that's probably better than the major mining companies. Um, and so our, our uh, you know, the, the communities, the people that work for us, uh, having gone from you know, dangerous underground mining now to a company that values safety. I think that's the most important thing. So, um, yeah, everybody gets to go home at the end of the day. It's, it's, uh, it's great. And so it ends up attracting more people to come work for us. Thank you for uh, giving me the time to kind of answer those questions because these cultural things are so important. They can really derail a project if you get it wrong. Um, and it's also so important to get that that community level buy-in that there's an ex- there's a management of expectations of everybody who you're kind of you're meeting uh sometimes the trouble comes from external sources and i i, I wonder if you've come across any of that because it, it, it's it's relatively common in south america and it's happened a bit in in mexico as well that there's uh external uh mal influence should we say have you have you suffered any of that no we haven't and, and sinaloa seems to be a little bit outside of that um you know, there's there's a few different kind of guidelines or, or sayings in Mexico, and I, I won't go through all of them. But you know, there's certain areas that I think it's easy to, to easier to work. Uh, no, nowhere is nowhere is easy to work. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but Sinaloa, you know, appears to be a little bit outside of the um, uh, you know the NGO and um, you know third party with with mal influence uh, uh, areas and. You know, and that's because the you know the communities are very supportive of the work, and, and the communities are really what drive that. And so, you know, I, with with these four operating agreements in place, and and you know, a great relationship with the local seminat, and um, you know, every everything that we need to be doing is 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 has been done and, and achieved smoothly with the help of our our team. And I you know I take you know very little credit for any of this because it's our it's our team, uh, Hernando and Antonio, who uh, and, and Martin, our CLO, who who really drive um, these great relationships. And and it's it's not that you know they they got lucky either. This is that you know they've been doing this for three four decades and in Mexico directly with with some of the world's you know biggest mining companies. So we're in um in good hands with our our team there, and um, you know that's that's a lot of the 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 benefit that we see. Thank you. Um, now, every time I kind of look through your marketing materials and I look through your presentation, I get pretty excited about uh, Kapala. I mean, it, it looks like a um, the kind of asset that could uh, stimulate um, stimulate capital. You know, could drive capital towards it because they're right. This is a good place to start. This is this is 
the kind of thing that it could give us a few years or um, maybe even a decade of my life. Um, you must already be thinking about that. You've kind of you've mentioned you're bouncing ideas off it, and yet you you you're talking about doing the the, the resource estimate upgrade uh, in the second half of this year. Uh, tell me a bit more about the PEA and what you're doing towards kind of getting your public wrap around the first set of economics and technical studies. Well, um, you know, first of all, I, I guess just to think, you know, certainly the the resource is going to be important, but, you know, PEA and entering into um, economic studies is going to let the public know how, um, you know, how it's going to look basically as we move forward into production, what those, what those parameters are, what the economics are. And I think that they're going to be very impressive. And I, I say that just because of what we see here at Copala, um, I think that any incremental growth in our area at Copala uh, and high grade is going to be very important for economics here. So, you know, if you see Copala grow another 100 meters to the south or grow to the east or, you know, Cristiano continue to grow where we see the highest grades on the property and the resource, um, that's all going to be a higher IRR. Uh, it's going to be uh, higher MPB. And uh, that'll be driven, I, I would say, by, uh, like I said, the early sequencing of high grade in, in mine plan here. Um, what we are seeing in our internal models is that um, Copala is very, very important for this. Um, you know, we we believe earlier that um, Napoleon and Tejitos, you know, would certainly be enough. And I think they were enough. Um, but this Copala, you know, is really something special. And so... For us to find, you know, as I said, incremental amounts to the to the south or to the east or to the north, um, or to find, you know, a repeat or a, a doubling up or a uplifted block or however you want to phrase that of um, of Copala, I think is going to drive, you know, the potential for higher economics. And you know, I I don't think we're going to do ourselves. I, I think I don't think there's a, a lot of sense in rushing to put out these economics until we 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 really. Um, have investigated what that uplifted block is because you know we want to we want to be able to demonstrate uh, a very strong NPV, strong IRR, and um, be in a position to to rapidly move the project forward with that PA in hand um, towards production. Remind me of the dimensions of Kapala. It's about a kilometer long, and it's from surface and dips to the east. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. So right now it's about a just over 1.1 kilometers, um, and it dips 400 meters to the east. And on average, it's 10 meters thick across that that body. Okay. And um, so it kind of comes down and then it steepens up, and then you've got potential, some kind of repeat potentially to the to the east that you've only got one hole through at the moment. If it's good, it's good. If it isn't, it doesn't change much. Well, I think if it, if it isn't... Uh, could you know we'll we'll still continue to explore that area um uh but if it's good i think it it changes a lot um the the potential economics there when when the guys reported they said oh look we've had we've we've got uh, another intersection of 10 meters to the east of kapala did they say and it looks like kapala as in it's we as in could they um could they match the 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 rocks could they say oh we've got this kind of the, the, the this above it and then we've got Kapala look alike and then we've got the same rocks below it. it were you able to tie in the geology of the two areas I think I think it might be a little bit too early for that let's just say 
um, you know, I think the the um, theory looks looks to be quite good there. So we're we're you know we're excited to find out what uh, what may come of uh, of the uplifted block. But I think it's a bit too early to to uh, to get people um, too excited about it and wait till that that yeah. release. Yeah, good. Well, out, I, I mean. Bet. As you said, you're going to be putting news out on an, on a kind of on, on an incremental basis. So if you if you can take it 100 meters to the south of the existing Kapala, we'll hear about it. If you can, um, certainly, uh, certainly, what you've you've just said is that look for the incremental extensions to uh, Kapala, particularly particularly to the south, and look for the um, whether there's a potential repeat to the east. All of which would be good news, but I mean, as it stands, with a hundred and whatever it is, ten million ounces uh, in Kapala, that that's enough. Particularly since you've got other resources behind it uh, in Napoleon and um, Tejitos, to uh, you know, you've got enough for an economic um, enterprise. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would absolutely say so. And one of the things that that probably is the most thrilling to me. And this is this is incredible too. Is, is some of the early uh, capex numbers that uh, that our consultants have, have um, you know showed to us, and um, when we look at comps in in the area and, and done our we've done our own modeling. You know, of course, this isn't in a PEA, so it's not reliable. This is kind of just our early understandings. But when we look at the capital expenditure intensity of of what it might take to to build this, it's probably well. Um, you know, in line with some of the more recent builds like Silvercrest slash Chispas, where it's about 175 million, 160 million, um, you know, under 200 million or maybe just a little bit over 200 million is kind of the range that 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 we look at uh, when we look at our comps. So, um, you know, to think about building something that that may be a 12, 15, even perhaps 20 million ounce uh, per annum producer with uh, with a relatively low initial capex. Um, you know, it, there's nothing really else out, out like this out there in, in, in the uh, the silver space, um, and um, you know we're pretty thrilled about. Are that. you guys thinking open pit? I mean, do they do they talk to you about open pit bull stuff, or, do, or are you being guided to expect um, an underground resource? And I know we haven't done the you know you haven't done the trade off studies, and you haven't, but just, just what's the what's the chat? Well, we we've done trade off studies on Copala. And um, we uh, we absolutely will be doing this as a, an underground mine. Um, you know, it's it's what our community uh, is is used to. Um, it's actually what's economically best for the uh, for the the development there, and um, uh, it's also the, the the best way forward in Mexico right now too. So we're we're very happy with uh, okay. the idea of an underground mine. Um, we haven't spoken about metallurgy or metallurgical test work uh, or mineralogy. Uh, any comments on that? Well, um, early indications on Copala is that it's it's much in line with, um, you know, what we've seen elsewhere in the district. So, you know, Napoleon had uh, recoveries of uh, in, in um, gold was in the low 90s and, and uh, uh, silver is in the high 80s. So really kind of well in line with what you see at some of the better operations in Mexico. Um, I, I expect that Copal will probably be in line with that as well and, and have uh, keynote um, early, early indications of showing that it's, you know, it's going to be excellent metallurgy there. And uh, that's not really a surprise to us, of course, because you know the, the district in the area 
is is kind of littered with um, small scale mills and simple um, you know simple flow sheet operations. So um, this these are the type of deposits that are that are often pretty pretty reasonable in terms of um, processing. But you are doing the test work uh, anyway. This in the course of this year. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll be announced later this year here. The Copala Network. Um, Michael, thank you so much for time. Um, it's been really interesting. Um, obviously, it would always be helpful to have uh, a silver price that goes in the right direction to kind of um, put some uh, a shoulder to the wheels, shall we say, to, to, the, to the share price. And we've just had a, a bit of a retracement in the precious metals markets for the last three weeks or so. Um, but... Um, I look forward to the news flow during the course of the year, kind of ongoing uh, drill results and um, various bits of news, and particularly the the new resource at the back end of the year. Well, well, thank you, Merlin. It's uh, it's really an exciting time, you know, for us uh, here, and I and I think you know, with our vision of becoming a, a very large scale producer of um, of silver and gold through our Panuco district here, this is going to be probably the best year yet with uh, with more discovery and uh, and then de-risking. So, thank you for. We're letting me uh, talk about that today here.